0: Here comes, here watch out comes. he's got Point, because it's a 6% slope, 50
1: feet, so right now it will gather speed. Good we'll weight. two-footer, oh my goodness. All the way, off. can you believe Good morning, special Wednesday edition of Walk It In podcast. Mark and Jeff here, episode seventy six, coming off John Rom's first
0: green jacket and Z's yeah,
1: first green jacket. Hey, let's go! Congrats, buddy! Big win.
0: Appreciate that. It was. I'm. Uh, I'm very excited for John Rom. Uh, that's two two outrights on the season. Um, you know, I said last week on the podcast I had to have one of the big three. Rory misses the cut, Scheffler can't putt, and John Rahm spots the field, a four-putt, double bogey on his first hole. He plays in the wrong side of the draw that was playing, on average, two strokes tougher, and beats the field by four strokes. So as dominant of a green jacket performance as we've seen. Honestly, I I think the story
1: um, that isn't really being talked about enough is – the, that he played on the bad side of the draw. Yeah. Uh, Kepka rushes out to this huge lead, plays without any of the elements, and Rahm somehow stuck it out and uh, starts with the double bogey, has the bad draw, and, and he just, it was a dominant performance by John
0: Rom. It was. And I feel like, and, and maybe some of our listeners have an opinion on the whole Kepka live thing. I mean, look, just real quick, top three: Rom, Nicholson, Kepka, Two live guys and John Rom. Yeah, uh, who's a Mickelson Nicholson guy? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So uh, we can talk about it in a minute. But it was interesting. I wasn't necessarily rooting against Brooks, um, but for the sake of my bet, I was definitely rooting yeah. for John Rom. The, the live thing had nothing to do with it. One of my storylines headlines that I shared last week was "Live on Life Alert." Um, mm-hmm. They had, I think, 8 of their 18, or maybe it was 11 or 12. Maybe it was 12 of their 18 made the cut. Um, so a decent showing, and then you have some guys at the top. It's That's board. okay. It's an easy cut to make, generally speaking. Well, what is it? 88 guys and, and 54 of them made the cut? So yeah. by if it's 12 of 18, it's pretty much right on the average. In fact, yeah, Maybe I a little guess. bit above
1: average. I guess.
0: Either way. I guess. Interesting to see there be sort of a live PGA tour battle uh that brewed, but yeah, I mean from the beginning Rom took the lead and one of our buddies was there and he said it was very clearly a pro-rom crowd. Like yeah, when Rom was making the birdies and making his charge uh, to take it over on Sunday, like it was clearly a favorite from the crowd.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure some of that has to do with you know the way Kepka exited the tour, um, which if we want to get into it we can but he i think regrets it <laughs> um, i think so too i think he wishes he was back on the PGA tour honestly i think um being the alpha type that he is um that loves to be loved feel like um this week playing so <clears throat> excuse me playing so well and being so loved on um i i think um made him feel some things um just maybe just my opinion i don't know but uh um but i didn't even get the sense that it was like a live versus pga tour thing at the end um i thought i I mentioned it last week that i could see brooks coming off his win two weeks ago uh being in the mix on sunday and he was and Mm -hmm.
0: it was great theater honestly it was i i'd watched a lot of it. Maybe every shot uh, minus the hour and a half I had to be at church on Sunday morning. But as soon as I walked out those church doors, I was pulling up the Masters app because we we had a bit of a marathon. The one thing I'll say about Kepka, I agree with you. I think he does regret it. I think we've said that on the podcast before, and I don't think that that's like a hot take. I think it's pretty yeah. well documented. What's interesting is he still has access to all the tournaments he cares about, at least for now, the majors, And if he was on the PGA tour, he wouldn't give two shits about the tournaments like this week. I don't even think the (laughs) designated events would move the needle for Brooks Kepka. It's partly why I think the live golf thing is so compelling. I think as a fan, even, you know what, even Patrick Reed, right? Like we didn't see much of him, but he finishes top
1: five. I know. It didn't really get any, he didn't really get any coverage the entire week except maybe
0: like the back half of Sunday. Right. When they were trying to kind of craft a storyline of who's coming, um, Mm -hmm. who's going to chase down the leaders. But I, I find myself just, again, like somewhat defeated as a golf fan. Like, wouldn't it be great? Really? We could just have this all the time. And we don't have to worry about how these guys get into the majors in the future because it's better. They're good golfers. Like, yeah, do you care about Patrick Reed? Do you like him? You probably don't. Most people probably don't. But that's what adds to the theater. Tepka, same way. Like Kepka shows no emotion. Yes, but he's got that alpha presence that you mentioned, and that's great theater for golf. It's a bummer. These things just remind me of how much I I despise what's happened to golf because of of live. Yeah, I, uh hard, hard hard to argue. Last question for you: Is Patrick Cantlay a stain on the game of golf? <laughs> oh
1: my god, <laughs> um, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> He's always been like this slow, boring dude with awful attire and boring sponsors. Um, but the way he—I mean—it's he, unbelievable. And I'm glad the it commentators. Is. I'm glad the commentators were picking up on his pace of play. Um, Hovland was clearly irritated by it. Rahm and Kepka were irritated by it. Yeah. The commentators, the patrons, everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's bad. Um more on Cantley later, unfortunately.
0: Ah uh, yes, we will <laughs> we will talk about that. And actually, I might I might have a I might have a bet that also references mm. can even if I don't pick Cantley himself. But you're right. right. It was clear that people like Brooks who are fast golfers, even Hoblin, who I wouldn't put in the like fast category, um, I think mean, both of them were affected. I also think it's funny how many times they would cut to Brooks on the fairway after yeah. John Rom hits, oh. and Brooks is like mid swing they can't get the camera over to him fast enough so you can tell that the 10 minutes on the tee box 10 minutes on the fairway just waiting to hit was was adding up
1: well shoot we've i mean we've been there jeff right like we're we are creatures of habit and yes they even way more so than than us regular schmucks right like we we want to play and we we want to be in a rhythm. Nobody wants to be waiting on tee boxes and in fairways for for ten minutes, fifteen minutes at a time. Um, yes. Especially those guys that are just so routine and mm-hmm. and, and playing
0: for something uh, real. Yeah, yeah, very real. And uh, mm. John Ron gets his second major. That's sort of the big the big thing that getting to that number two takes you away from the Gary Woodlands. And I'm not saying people were. To- uh, making the comparison between those two golfers. But when you look at major records and how many do you have, how many majors have you won getting past the one mark, uh, removes any flukiness on it. And John has yep. been a winner on the PGA tour for a long time. I'm a fan. I know some people don't like his whiny act. Uh, but John Rahm watching him do things with the golf ball, uh, gets it going for me. Yeah. A uh, couple,
1: uh, couple things that stand out to make uh, on the leaderboard. Number one, Phil. Awesome. Uh, Number two, Spieth. Awesome. Uh, Two of them on Sunday together. Awesome. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching the two of them uh, together. Um, I think they were 13 under par best ball or something on Sunday. Yeah, Yeah, they were. Um, Which is great. Uh, On the other side of that, my guy, Jason Day. What happened? Mm -hmm. Uh, Races out to a, a five under day one. And then proceeds to go 7480 on the weekend, which was just unbelievable. Ruined almost all of my bets this week. I had obviously I had day to win. I had a day top 20. I had uh top 20 parlays uh that had day in it. Um, all ruined by uh by day's weekend and specifically his his 80 on Sunday was so um I will shout that out.
0: Missed bets for me. Um not sure what happened at J Day. Yeah, mine was my question mark was Finau. He was just stuck in neutral all week, couldn't get yeah. anything going. He ruined a top twenty parlay for me. I'm with you on the J Day thing. Thankfully, neither of us had any Roy McIlroy exposure, uh, mm-hmm. but that's a guy missing on the leaderboard who I mentioned at the top of the show. Just real quick, say you're uh, say you're Rory's buddy, and and he's like, "Man, what do I do next year for the Masters? Like, what do I do?" he came out and said he played 81 holes of golf at the masters in the two and a half weeks leading up to the tournament in his uh, interviews. Are you telling him to do something different next year so he can finally win a green jacket? I don't know, man. He's got to do something like it's bad. It's bad.
1: The the way I look at it is like, I mean, can't go, can't go down. So just try, try anything, you know, try anything. Um,
0: It's too volatile for a golfer of his caliber. Like I think yes. next year, agreed. If you're if you're him next year, don't show up until like Monday morning when most people do. Hell, don't even show up till mm-hmm. Tuesday. Like you know the course. Stop overthinking it. Yeah. Show up, hit the golf ball, and let that uh, take care of itself.
1: When was it, was that the Ryder Cup where he overslept and showed up on the first tee?
0: Uh, I don't remember for, that,
1: but maybe it oh, was. oh yeah, remember he got a. He got a little like escort to the first tee. I think it was at the Ryder Cup. Uh but uh just do that. Don't even think. Just oversleep and show up on the first tee. Uh It's
0: um, a, I'm looking this up ahead of a magical. Yeah, it was the Ryder Cup yeah. in
1: 2012.
0: Barely yeah. made it to his tee time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, he uh he had some time difference uh time zone difference uh problems and uh and he showed up right at the first tee. No practice. Hey
0: the guy's good enough to do it so i don't yeah. know man next year let's let's cut the prep time down let's maybe just move the prep time to zero let your yeah. game do the rest of the work he's playing so good this whole year and then just completely craps the bed so yeah i don't know hey, frustrating uh,
1: a guy that uh speaking of frustrating um we were watching it it ended up being theater for one reason um but Justin Thomas everyone's yeah. dialed in everyone's dialed into Justin Thomas's last few holes on like Saturday when when the re- the second round restart happened um seeing if Tiger would make the cut because of how Justin Thomas was doing ends up Tiger makes the cut Justin Thomas misses the cut because yep. he shoots a 42 on the back yep. nine of his second round. And he looked so out of sorts um, f- from the beginning. Um, so not, not honestly, not sure where Justin Thomas goes. He can't putt right now. Um, he looks out of sorts and uh, very interested to see what happens with JT.
0: He's an interesting way to lead into this week. He's in the field. Uh agree with everything you said, everything seems off, off for him. They did a walk and talk with him on the 14th hole. And, you know, he's basically, I'm just trying to survive. And he Mm -hmm. did the opposite of that. Um, His movements helped bring Tiger Woods back into the cut line and Tiger Woods ties the master's record for most consecutive made cuts. I think it was with uh, Jack and Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's use JT as a springboard into this week. We're moving over to a designated event. Let me just state this. I think this is what I am super excited about designated events, especially if the rotation changes. It's going to be a lot of fun to have a bunch of top golfers at Town, which does yeah. not typically happen. You get maybe four big dogs, and then you get the rest of the field just kind of rounded out with a bunch Agreed. of average players. Yep, They're bringing the cavalry, and I hope that in the future years these designated events will rotate so all the courses get some love, and we get to see different courses with the cream of the crop. Uh, JT is in the field. He's sitting at 25 to 1. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, but this week, let's start at the top of the board. Uh, Scotty Scheffler actually holds the top spot. Uh, maybe people know he just putted terribly. He led the field in strokes gained T to green last week, but could not putt. would have been a very different story if he made a couple of them. He's at 8.5 to 1, followed by John Rahm at 10 to 1, and then Patrick Cantley at 12 to 1. Those are your top three. Mm-hmm. You teased Cantley earlier could get to you first mark does cantley make the card
1: yes uh i am on on cantlay uh this week at 12 to one um i think it makes sense to me that scotty is ahead of rom on the odds boards by the way i just coming off the win like i, I can't imagine rom is motivated to yeah to play this week but patrick cantley loves this course um he's got four top tens Three of those are top fives in um, in five starts. He's coming off a second-place finish last year. Um, and, yes, he is a slow player. But, yes, he's also one of the best players in the world. And still yes. finished, finished T-14 last week. Um, he has had a run of five straight top 20s, um, three of those being uh, top 10s. So there's really no reason to – um, to shy away from Cantley this week, second in the field, strokes gained T to green, his last uh, 16 rounds. And I think he shakes off the whole, the slow play narrative and, and uh, he finds his, his way up the uh, top of the, near the top of the leaderboard at least, but uh, maybe the winner's circle this week.
0: Yeah. You, you know, I love trend lines. Uh, I love looking at what guys are going to bounce back from a poor performance. And it wasn't poor, by any stretch for Cantlay, but he has lost strokes gained on putting in the last two weeks. In both cases, he was still top 15, uh, which just puts a premium on his iron play and his off the tee play, which become a big part of success on a very tight and, yep. and narrow um, Harbor Town. So he's not on my card, uh, but I respect the bet, and it's hard to argue with his history and his his performance. I am also, Um,
1: uh, I've got a unit on a top 10 for Cantlay as well, I should add.
0: Okay, cool. So Cantlay for half unit to win and a unit for top 10? Yep. Beautiful. I'm going to pull us down into the kind of 18s and 20s. There's a lot of golfers here, so some stuff for us to discuss. Let's start Mm -hmm. with Kyle Morikawa, 18 to 1, then followed by the 20s. This is currently DraftKings Sportsbook. It's Wednesday morning. These are the live odds we're looking at here xander at 22 hovland at 22 spieth at 22 the defending champion who beat cantley last year in the playoff cameron young at 22 b 25 sung j 25 jt 25 and then homa and fitzpatrick at 28 that's a lot of golfers but that's what happens at a designated event i will kick it back to you uh because i'm sure we're going to bounce around this a little bit anybody in that range that tickles your fancy yeah uh, a whole lot so um We'll play a game of connect the dots, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Dot one, who who has a really good history um, at Harbortown? Webb Simpson. Who's Webb Simpson's old caddy? Paul Tesori. Who's mm. Paul Tesori currently looping for? Cameron Young. Who's a superstar who finished um, uh, T7 at the Masters um, and, uh, and T3 in his Harbortown debut last year? That's also Cam Young. I love Cam Young, not uh, a strong putter, just like you mentioned with Cantlay. But that doesn't matter here uh, at Harbertown as much. He is 14th strokes gained T to green, 17th uh, strokes gained approach uh, on tour this season, and I think Cam Young wins this week.
0: Honestly, I love it. Uh, he is not on my card, but I I love the game he just played. at connected dots. T three last year here at RBC. Um, and the only thing that gives me pause with him, you said not a good putter, right? Again, playing the trend line game three weeks in a row where he's gained strokes putting, he doesn't have a ton of stats. Don't get me wrong. it's not a ton, um, because he hasn't been on tour for that long, but he has never had more than three in a row. Mm-hmm. That's uh, fair. So with the fickleness of the putter, but I think the Paul Tessori thing is criminally underrated. And that's why you listen to the walking in podcast for nuggets like that, because the Webb Simpson history here is, is legit. Webb isn't winning this week, um, but Paul Tessori brings an interesting angle yeah, for Camden. right Webb, Webb's not winning, but Paul Tessori might. I love that. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to get on the board here. I'm going to a, a number of golfers in this range. I think uh, you and I talk a lot about where do you find winners? Last time we had designated event, we were sitting at uh, at Bay Hill and that was Kurt Kitayama from a, The hundreds ended up winning. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think we're going to be looking at somebody in this window. Um, From the Patrick Cantlay, basically from the 8 to 1, Scottie Scheffler to the 30, I think, is really where we're going to end up playing when it's all said and done. I'm going to start with Colin Murakawa. I took him last week. I love this setup for him. Narrow fairways and small greens. Colin Murakawa is excellent off the tee, very accurate. Then you mix in the iron play. The issue with Kyle Morikawa will always be the putter. He did gain strokes last week putting. He had his typical performance off the tee and on approach. He has had history here. Uh, three showings in all three showings. He's made the cut one uh, T7 to one top 10 in 2021. A little sporadic. The putter hasn't cooperated here as much, um, but that's kind of what you bet on with him. Like, you just have to bet on a spike week with the putter, and that's where you're likely going to be in the mix come Sunday. So mm-hmm. I have Kyle to win at 18-1 to 1 for a half unit and a top 10 at plus 200 for a half unit. Okay. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> in this in this same window, I've got another guy. Are you tapped out on the 20s? Because I've got a number of golfers yeah, I'm, here. I'm out in the 20s, so go for it. Okay. The other guy I'm going to take is Xander Shaufle. Um, You and I were texting this week with our buddies. It's criminal what this man seems to do in majors. He puts his around for a round, for one of the four rounds, and for the other three, he looks like the best golfer out there. Mm-hmm. It just it, it's baffling. Uh, last year, we saw him get in the winner's circle three different times: Scottish Open, a Travelers Championship, Travelers at TPC River Highlands. Not that dissimilar from Heritage, you or from Harbour Town. That is. You need to put the ball in the fairway. There's water lurking everywhere. It's not as long of a course. He wins there last year. I think this sets up well for him. He doesn't have a ton of history here. He's played the tournament three times. In each case, he's made the cut, but he's never really finished anywhere near the top. His approach numbers right now are electric. Mixed with a very consistent putter. His only downside in the last month or two months has really been his off the tee game. I like that he's going to take a lot of less than drivers here. Positional golf in the fairways. I think Xander Schauffele is very live. He's sitting at twenty-two to one. I've got a half unit on the win and a top ten at plus two forty for a half unit. He can't do it in the majors, but this is not one. This is a designated event with a big purse, and I think Xander Schauffele is going to be in the mix.
1: His uh, I was interested to to see his history here is not not good. Uh, no, but maybe he writes that after uh, writes that ship after a couple years off.
0: Yeah. It's been since twenty twenty. Yeah, he hasn't played in a couple of years. Um it's just hard to ignore the form. Yeah. But you're right, of course history could be the Trump card here. So we will we will see. Um, I'm gonna kick it to you because I don't want to belabor the 20s. This is really where the majority of my card is built. So I'm gonna okay. i gonna kick it to you. Move us to where your next golfer is.
1: So I um over so he actually he's right now. I'm I'm looking live time, uh on DraftKings, he's thirty-five to one. I got him uh, Monday night at forty to one. Uh, that's Tom Kim. There he uh, is. I've, I've got half a unit on Tom Kim to win, three quarters of a unit on a top twenty at plus one sixty-five. Um, you need to be accurate off the tee at Harbortown. Tom Kim is that. He's third best on the entire tour at uh, driving accuracy. He hits over 71% of his fairways, which is crazy. He's also 19th on tour uh, in stroke gained approach. So while his results might be um, a little bit pedestrian um, since Phoenix, uh, a lot of putzing around in the the 30s and 40s as as far as uh, finishing position did have a strong T16 at the Masters and with his driving accuracy and his iron game um i i absolutely love Tom Kim this week
0: Tom Kim is is a very popular bet uh for all the reasons you you just stated you're a football guy you just talked about the he's not even 21 years old he's he's the wonder kid uh the Nathan Shelley you might say of the PGA Tour, <laughs> although he's not really the villain. I think everybody loves Tom Kim, yeah. So that's for sure. Uh, it, it good, good bet, and you've got an earlier on the number. Uh, Tom Kim was on sort of that list of golfers where you you only got five units, and I, I crossed him off almost at the very end. So uh, I, I good do luck still with Tom. think
1: I do still think he's worth it at thirty-five to one. For the record, otherwise I wouldn't yeah. give him out on the pod.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> um. I'm gonna pull it back down. Uh, I got one more guy here in the 20s, and then I'll. Uh, I got a couple random bets that I'll round my card out with. But I'm gonna take Max Homa to win at 28 to one for a half unit. He did not have a good showing last week uh, at the at the uh, Masters. There's something about the majors. Again, it's kind of a Xander Shoffley thing. It's like, where are we? Like, we're a great golfer. Why are we not showing up at a tournament like this? Uh, he's only had one showing here uh, at the RBC 2020. C41, very pedestrian. Uh, He lost strokes on putting last week, and he's got back-to-back weeks of losing strokes off the tee. Now, that would scare some people away, right? But we're talking about a less-than-driver course. It's one of the lowest distance per tee shots on the PGA Tour. Perfect week to get back with the -the off-the-tee game. His approach numbers remain very consistent, and I think he's going to bounce back with the putter. He rarely ever loses strokes in back-to-back weeks with the putter. So this is a pure trend play for me. Homa is just the trends aren't going to continue. He's always bounced back 28 to one for a half unit and a top 20 at plus plus one thirty for a half unit. Uh, Max Homa going to get a win on the East coast. I think for the first time in his career, actually, that's not true. He did win. Um, he won. once thank you. Yeah. So you always think about him as the Cali kid, but, uh, I have yeah.
1: Well, you're already golfers. thinking about him and Cali at yeah,
0: the uh, L.A. Uh, I am. I am right? right. circle. Uh I'm a big game hunter now, Mark. I just yeah. I, I I took the crown from you. So, <laughs> anyways, I got four more golfers. I can go rapid fire, but go ahead and take four, your
1: four more golfers. Jesus, I'm, I'm playing.
0: I'm, I'll I'll explain what it is in a minute. But go ahead and round out your card.
1: Yeah, I have one, um, and yeah. he's sixty to one. Pete die guy. Jeff has mentioned this and bet on him a bunch of times uh, throughout Walk It In's history, but Siwoo Kim. Um, yep. uh, I've got a quarter uh, unit on Siwoo uh, to win, and I've got three quarters of a unit on the top 20 at plus 225. Um, but he uh, he loves Pete die courses. Um, he's playing pretty well um, since the Arnold Palmer, March 5th, uh, T39, T27. Uh, a decent showing at match play, and then a t thirty nine and t twenty nine last week at the Masters. Um, he's got a good, uh, good, solid history here at Harbour Town, and um, is really accurate. Twenty third on tour, strokes gained T to green. Twenty uh, eighth strokes gained approach. Um, driving accuracy nineteenth on tour. So um, he's got everything we look for at harbortown to succeed so uh, i do love Siwoo. i love the odds on him and uh we'll be playing tom kim and Siwoo kim this week
0: love it um let me just pull us back real quick i've got another korean golfer i don't know what it is about the card this week but mine's also Sung Jn. Hey. i was between him and hovland i really think the slow play from cantley affected hovland last week and had it not happened who knows what the outcome would have been I just don't like Hovland, even though he says he feels better with his around the green game. And the stats bear it. Like He did well last week. He gained strokes around the green. Um, But I'm not buying that that's here to stay. And in this tournament with really small greens, I don't think it's going to hold up. But Sung Jae is just Mr. Consistency. It's absurd how well he's played on a regular basis. And even at this tournament, he's got... Four showings, the most two the two most recent ones, T21 and T13. Yes, he missed the cut in his first two. Um, but Sung Jay, Tom Kim, Siwoo Kim. Like for whatever reason it is, we we circled the Koreans on the card this week. I only have a win bet on him, half a unit on the uh 25 to 1 number. Um and then I'm gonna do rapid fire here. I this goes back to the Kitty Yama thing. I don't think these guys can win. But I'm intrigued by their skill set at this tournament, and with so many big people, I think there's a good chance that we're going to get a uh, – well, I don't call them a no-namer, but but somebody who can maybe pop. And I'm taking mm-hmm. three top 20s for a half unit each. I'm going to start yeah. with Minwoo Lee. He cost me my make-the-cup parlay last week with my all-aussies. Watching Minwoo hit that driving iron at, uh, at Sawgrass back at the Players was electric. I think Min Woo and his distance and consistency off the tee will be a a game breaker this week. I like his chances. Top twenty, four to one half unit. Ben Martin, we've talked about Ben Martin on this podcast before. Yes, we have. Ben Martin has some interesting history going back to like twenty thirteen before we even knew who Ben Martin was. If this wasn't a designated event, I think Ben Martin would be very live to win. I like him to be in the mix top twenty, four to one, half unit. And then the Darling of the Netflix series, Full Swing. I'm taking Joel Damon. It's time, Joel. It's time. He plays well on Coastal Courses, got his win at Corrales uh, last year, which is obviously profiled on Full Swing. And I believe it's the Corrales, which was in Dominican. Mm-hmm. But either way, Coastal Course, windy, positional golf. Joel Damon has been abysmal with the putter this year. It's got to bounce back. It just, it has to. He's not a bad putter. He's an average putter, but he's putting much worse than average. He has history here, three showings in the last four years, T-16 and T-12 in two of those showings. I'm taking him at four and a half to one for a top 20 for a half unit. That is my card. Somehow that adds up to five. I promise you it does. And uh, somehow neither of us are on Ricky. No, Ricky love this week. I know. Wow. I don't know what it was. Right. Yeah. I just wasn't feeling it. Can All right, you recap, recap first. Yeah. Yep.
1: All right, cool. So my, my much smaller card than Jeff's, but... Patrick Cantley to win, uh, 12 to 1 for half unit and a top 10 at plus 130 for a full unit. Cameron Young, probably my my pick to win out of the four golfers, uh, 22 to 1, half unit and a top 10 at plus 250 uh, for three quarters of a unit. Tom Kim, 40 to 1, half unit and top 20 at plus 165 for three quarters of a unit. And then Siwoo Kim, uh, to win at 60 to 1 for a quarter of a unit and um, a top 20 at plus 225 for three quarters of a unit. Those are my four.
0: Cool. Uh, it's a half unit party for me. Colin Morikawa to win 18 to 1, half unit, top 10, 2 to 1, half unit. Xander Shoffley, 22 to 1 to win, half unit, top 10, plus 240, half unit. Sung J. M. Solely win bet, 25 to 1 for a half unit. And Max Homa, Win bet 28 to 1 for a half unit with a top 20 at plus 130 for a half unit. Then we're going to play a little bit of the Kiriyama angle and just expect that a, a no-namer is going to make some noise. I've got it on Minwoo Lee, top 20, 4 to 1, Ben Martin, top 20, 4 to 1, Joel Damon, top 20, 4.5 to 1, half unit each. Those are my five. Those are Mark's five. This is the last sort of hoorah before we get to the next major of the season. Which will be the PJ Championship in mid May at Oak Hill and Rochester, New York. There will be a little bit of a lull after this. So enjoy it. Enjoy the designated event before we move into a few weeks of, uh, we'll call it pedestrian golf. You know, <laughs> nothing that's going to get the casual fan engaged. But we will be back. We will be breaking down each of the tournaments. So enjoy the RBC heritage. And we look forward to seeing you next week on the Walking In podcast.